hello and thanks for checking out the Purple Mountain Majesties podcast. My name is Tommy Johnson and I'm the host and creator of this show. For any other of my work on the Utah Jazz or just sports or life in general, please check out my blog and website at tommyajohnson.home.blog for any of my work. You can also check me out on Twitter at Tommy A. Johnson. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, you can reach me through there. Again, check out my website at TommyAJohnson.home.blog, and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, and welcome everyone to episode four of the Purple Mountain Majesties. I know it's been a while, and I'll get to that in just a second, but I just want to say thanks for tuning in and checking out this episode. Alright, so like I said, it's been a little bit um, of time since the last episode, but it's for a good reason. Um, I recently started a new job. Uh, When I started the podcast, I was looking for full-time work, was doing part-time work, um, and I've since started a new full-time job. And so um, I've just been getting used to uh, that job, uh, getting used to the workload and just the new schedule and whatnot. So uh, it's been a little bit of, uh, it's, it's hindered the, uh, the podcast, um, a little bit, but, um, I feel more settled. Um, and so these will start coming out uh, more regularly. So I do apologize, but thanks for, um, still listening and thanks for tuning in. Um, today, uh, we're going to be talking about yesterday's loss, the loss, uh, the Utah Jazz, uh, to the Toronto Raptors. Um, yes. I'm skipping over a lot of games, including a five-game win streak, um, but I think uh, I think we need to focus on what went wrong yesterday um, because there's some some drastic things that happened um, and some not so drastic things, but uh, some some things that I think are really important to uh, point out and things that have been uh, themes um, in losses throughout the season. So. The Jazz lost to the Raptors yesterday, 101-92. to um, Despite the loss, the Jazz are still fourth in the Western Conference right now. Barely. I mean, it's a very crowded race, uh, pretty much from 2-7, to seven, uh, especially 3-7 to seven, uh, in those those seeds. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so the Jazz sit at fourth. They're at 41-23 and 23, uh, as their uh, win-loss record. Um, but... It was just not. It was just not a great game overall, um, defense-wise. Um, the Jazz actually did pretty well in the half court. Their transition defense was not very good. Uh, it was quite poor, um, and why that was, I'll get to. Uh, I, mean, I don't have the exact all the reasons why that was, but one reason why that was the case I'll, I'll bring up in just a moment. Um, but yeah, the, the transition defense wasn't great. Um, offense was pretty brutal, uh, especially from the starters. Um, so yeah, let's just let's just get into some of the issues from last night's game. Um, so yeah, so the transition defense. So there are certain players on the team that if they don't get a call. Uh, a ref's whistle on what they thought should have been a foul on offense, they spend time complaining to the ref or looking at the ref or anything that's diverting their attention from getting back on defense and towards the referee. Um, And that makes uh, for really bad transition defense and a pretty easy score usually 
uh, for the other team. Um, the biggest culprits here on the Jazz uh, that do this and did it yesterday that had a real impact on the game, a real impact in, in uh, giving up easy buckets uh, were uh, those players were Rudy Gobert, he does it very often, Joe Ingles, he does it very often, and uh, Mike Conley, he'll do it, and Jordan Clarkson will do it too. Um, I know that it's a thing that people do. Um, I know that these four players aren't the only four players in the history of basketball to ever do it, but um, they do it a lot. They do it a lot, and like I said, it, it does affect the game. It's not just some sort of annoying thing that kind of has just a, a bit of a sideshow, but it, it affects the score. It, affect, it gives up points, and so um, that needs to stop. Um, you know, Rudy does it very often. Joe Ingles, it feels like he does it every single time. Uh, he touches the ball. Uh, to be quite honest, and so it, it's getting frustrating, because in point in, in games like yesterday, where up until the final seconds it's a two point game, a, a five point game, a three point game, a couple times throughout the game, uh, Rudy or Joe decide just not to uh, pander to the referees, get back on defense. You probably get some of those points back, and so. Um, so the Jazz, the half-court defense, when they're locked in, uh, it was pretty good yesterday. But that transition where they're giving up a pass or they're giving up a turnover where they thought they were fouled and they don't get back or something like that, um, that, ne that needs to change, and that's a mentality shift. Um, and I hope to see that change. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, like I mentioned, pretty brutal, especially for the starters. Uh, just one number that will just kind of sum it all up. I mean, I'll go in depth, but just one number that you could use if you just want to use one stat to talk about yesterday's game. Uh, the Jazz starters were outscored by the Raptors starters 82 to 50. Okay, 82 to 50. That's very bad. It's very bad already. But what makes it worse is that I'm counting Norman Powell of the Raptors as a starter because he started and he played, I think, officially a minute and 30 seconds or something close to that because uh, he got hurt uh, right at the beginning of the game. And so in reality, he had zero points. And so in reality, four of the uh, starters for um, the Raptors outscored the Jazz. And if you want to get even worse, because it is true, two of the Jazz, or two of the starters in uh, for, for sure Siakam, I can't, I don't have the numbers pulled up here, but... Uh, another starter for the Raptors uh, scored 27 points. So if you combine that, that's 52 points. So two of the Raptors starters outscored five of the uh, of the Utah's uh, starting five. So not good at all. So the defense, or sorry, the the bench comes in, right? The bench scores. Um, Joe Ingles had 20 points. Um, he's been struggling offensively as of late, but last night, um, very efficient. Eight of 12 from the field, four out of four from three. Um, but obviously the Jazz do end up losing. So um, the number there, though, of that 20 points in his time with the Jazz, Joe Ingles has scored 20 or more points in 21 games um, in his uh, NBA career. Uh, out of those 21 games, the Jazz are 16-5, and five, so they typically win 
when Joe gets at least 20 points, which it, it makes sense. Um, if someone that is Joe Ingles, usually not your primary scorer, scoring 20 points, then things are probably going well. Um, but one of those five losses was yesterday. Um, in fact, out of those 21 games, nine of them have happened this season. So nine out of the 21 career games that have happened this season, uh, and Joe Ingles, uh, when he's uh, sorry, in those nine games, the Jazz are seven and two, seven and two, including last night. The other loss was an, uh, a loss in Miami, if you remember, um, that broke up the two winning streaks um, during the December uh, January win streak run. Um, a three point loss in Miami. Joe scored 27 points. The Jazz end up losing to a very good uh, Miami Heat team. But the the seven wins, Joe was starting. Um, again, if you don't remember, I know NBA seasons are long and the the news cycle is always changing. But when Joe was starting, he was scoring. He was scoring really well. He was scoring efficiently. I'm not saying that he should start for sure now, but... I think he should. Okay, I'll say it. I think he should. I think he should be starting. And I think Conley should be coming off the bench. Because Conley's been playing so well with the bench. He seems to have good chemistry and rhythm with Tony Bradley as his big. And there's something about him and Clarkson. And I mean, and Ingles will be on the court sometimes too. And they'll succeed. Which wasn't the case with Ingles and Conley starting. So I don't know what it is, but... Um, I do know that, I mean, Conley, he's very good. So especially if he can be the first guy off the bench playing against the second units of other teams, I mean, he's proven that he's still good enough to to pretty, uh, to pretty to do really well against second units. So um, he did pretty well last night in terms of scoring, uh, Mike Conley, um, and especially, again, with the bench. Um, he was the only starter in the positive side of plus minus. Um, and so he's the only starter that came away a winner uh, last night. Of course, doesn't mean much when your team doesn't win, but um, he did produce. And so, I don't know. I If I was in charge, I'd put Ingles back into the starting lineup. Um, but what really matters, and anyone uh, who truly knows basketball will tell you this, but what really matters is who closes games. And Joe Ingles, though he didn't start, he played the entire fourth quarter, all 12 minutes, the only Jazz player to do that. I think the only Jazz player to play more than 10 minutes um, in the fourth quarter, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, was Joe Ingles. And a lot of him playing put Boyan Bogdanovich on the bench. Uh, he didn't uh, play more than four minutes uh, in the fourth quarter. So, I don't know, the Jazz are... Still figuring stuff out, and that's really uh, disheartening to be saying uh, this late into the season. You know, the playoffs start in a month, month and a half. Um, so the Jazz have talent. They, you know, it's just where, where are they going to put all the talent, and where is the talent going to succeed? And they're still working on that. So um, where there wasn't much talent was, like I said, the Jazz offense last night. Uh, one major... Uh, player who had a tough time was uh, or were the all-stars for the Jazz. Uh, We'll start first with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell 11 points 4 
out of 16 shooting from the field, 1 out of 9 shooting in the second half, and 0 for 4 in the fourth quarter. Clearly very not good, very bad. Um, and those four made shots, three of them were threes, one was a two. That's how he got to his 11 points. Then he went 0 for 0 from the free throw line. And if you have checked out uh, one of my more recent articles for the J Notes, quick plug, jnotes.com, Utah Jazz coverage, I write there. And there's a lot of great writing uh, and content going up, so go check out uh, the J Notes. Um, but one of my more recent pieces, I talked about the importance of Donovan Mitchell getting to the line, driving to the basket, creating contact, scoring and ones, or just getting to the line. Um, and when he does that, he's very efficient. And he can do it, and he can do it well. He just doesn't do it often, or at least as often as he used to. That was a bit of the the reason why he grew to be such um, a spectacular rookie and sophomore was that he was being ag- aggressive, and I don't know what it is this year, but he's just not getting to the rim as much and getting fouled. And so didn't attempt a free throw last night, and that's going to hurt the Jazz. If he doesn't get to the line at all, they're most likely not going to win. So, so yeah, so Donovan, 11 points um, in his career, so nearly three full seasons. When Donovan has scored... 11 points or less while playing at least 30 minutes the jazz are 3 and 4 the jazz are 3 and 4 um so seven there's been seven games in his career where he's played at least 30 minutes in a game and he ended up ending the game with 11 or less points and three of those seven have happened this year and recently in in 2020, uh, the first one, if you remember, the just abysmal offensive game in Denver, uh, the lot on uh, January 30th, uh, he went one for twelve. Uh, one for yes, one for twelve. I hesitated because I didn't think that was a real number, but it is one for twelve uh, from the field, four points, and the loss. And then, quite recently, March 6th against the Boston Celtics, three of fifteen for 11 points in a game that the Jazz won, uh, thanks to Mike Conley and the bench. And so these types of games, again, the 11 points or less in 30 minutes or more, it's only happened seven times in his three-year career, but three of those seven, so nearly half of them have happened in the last two or three months. And so... um, there's a, it's not that he's not shooting a ton in these games. He is shooting a ton. He's just not making any any of these shots. Um, and he barely crosses double figures and hits 11 points. And so is that a point of concern? I think it is if it continues, again, with him not getting to the free throw line. If you're not making your shots from the field, but you're also not being aggressive and getting fouled, I mean, those are the two ways that points are scored in basketball. So um, for the Jazz to succeed, Donovan Mitchell needs to score. And if he's not scoring, the Jazz are going to lose. So, um, I, I mean, I think a, a thing to watch going forward, again, is that aggressiveness. But as well, 
Um, just making his shots. Making his shots. He's got to make his shots. He's been up and down this year, but, you know, 4 of 16, obviously not good. And 1 of 9 in the second half. The Jazz needed some big buckets from him late, and he couldn't deliver. So, that was Mitchell's night. And then, like I said, the All-Star struggles. The other one, Rudy Gobert. Um, he had six points. Excuse me, I'm getting some water. But yeah, he had six points. Only four shot attempts for Rudy Gobert. Made one of them. And I did, Rudy, so the Jazz offense is the purpose of the uh, the Jazz offense is to create switches and to create movement so they can get open three-point shots. Open uh, catch-and-shoot three-pointers. That is a positive for everyone but Rudy Gobert, obviously. He doesn't shoot threes. He doesn't shoot jumpers. He's chilling by the rim. And uh, it benefits uh, Boyan. It benefits Donovan. It benefits Royce O'Neal. It benefits Clarkson. It benefits uh, Ingles. It benefits George Niang. Uh, this is why th- uh, these people are on the team. Um, that's the that's the main core uh, effect of the Jazz offense. The uh, if the Jazz offense is running smoothly, they're getting open threes. However, there is a part of the Jazz offense as well where they'll run pick and roll, and they'll um, try to get Rudy uh, the ball um, down low or off of a lob, which doesn't happen often enough. And I can see why Rudy's frustrated. Because he's seven foot huge, okay? He is an all-star. Um, and he has shown some decent touch at the rim. You know, nothing too crazy, but, um, I mean, he is able to finish. And so, um, I mean, it, it's been a theme um, in the, the last couple of games that Rudy hasn't been getting a ton of touches. Um, because of that, he gets frustrated, so his defensive effort uh, goes down. You can see that him complaining to the ref uh, goes up. And it's just negative for everybody. Um, But the fact that he only had four shot attempts. I wish I would have looked up how many touches he had. But just getting off four shots in four quarters of play. Maybe not a full four because he got thrown out with like 40 seconds left. But pretty much four uh, quarters of play um, is just ridiculous. He needs to get the ball more. He needs to shoot more, but you know what else he needs to do? After last night's game, he needs to rebound more. Now, he's third in the league, he rebounds per game. I know that people have bad games, so I'm not super worried about uh, his rebound total of last night. But let me read you the rebound leaders for the Utah Jazz last night. Number one was Royce O'Neal, who's actually sneakily been doing really well Um on the defensive rebound side of things. Um, again, if you check out my latest piece on the J Notes, I talk about Royce O'Neal um, since he's been inserted into the starting lineup. 
he's been doing really well uh, on defense and uh, in re- like just lockdown defense, one-on-one uh, defensive situations, and rebounding as well. His offense hasn't been super-duper, except last night. He was pretty good, 15 points. But yeah, go check that out on the J-Notes. But he led the team in rebounds with seven. Number two, Mike Conley. Okay, Mike Conley, starting point guard, Mike Conley. Number three, Joe Ingles. He had five. So O'Neal had seven. Conley had six. Ingles had five. And Rudy Gobert, just four rebounds. Just four rebounds for Rudy Gobert, um, which obviously is not enough to put the Jazz into a winning situation. And so, but like I said, his rebounding has been superb all season. So this one game, I'm not... Actually, it doesn't worry me at all. Just like looking at the box score, it's very um, uninspiring. But in terms of a full picture type thing, um, if this becomes a, a, a theme, then I'll get worried about it. But for now, things happen. So Utah against the Raptors, who, first of all, a very good team. And I don't say that for... to to help Jazz fans' feelings, I say that to pump up Toronto because they were without Norman Powell, which they weren't planning on being without Norman Powell, but they were without Norman Powell, who was last week's Eastern Conference Player of the Week. He's been very good. I randomly watched a Hawks-Raptors game a couple weeks ago. Why I did that? I don't know. I don't remember the details. Just saying it out loud seems like a really depressing situation, but... May have been a holiday. I hope it was. Anyways, I was watching the Hawks Raptors and it was a close game until Norman Powell just decided that he didn't want it to be close much more and he just went off and I was very impressed. Um so they were without Norman Powell, they were without Fred Fred Van Vliet, and they were without Marcus Hall as well. So without three really important pieces to their team, um and they still rocked it last night. They still played really well. Um, a lot of people are just assuming that the Bucks will come out of the East. They've been really good. Giannis has been really, really good. But I don't know. In a seven-game series, I might be leading Toronto. Um, so, yes. So the, the Raptors are a very good team. The Jazz had another team. And this is, again, this has been a theme that's been pushed. But they had another team that was injured on the second game of a back-to-back traveling and weren't able to beat them. And that's not great. It's not good. Um, And so I think the main takeaways... Sorry, I had one more drink. It's hot today. I promise that'll be my last one. But some takeaways from this game, looking forward... So the Jazz play the Thunder tomorrow. Very important game. Uh, Like I mentioned before, seeds two through seven are still just up in the air right now. And two of those teams looking for those seeds are the Jazz and the Thunder. And Jazz are going on the road to Oklahoma City. They're playing against Chris Paul, who religiously has good games against Utah. Um, They're going against... Um, just a really good, feisty OKC team. And here are the things I want you to, uh, to look for during Wednesday's game, okay? I want you to look 
for Donovan Mitchell's aggressiveness? Does he drive it into the lane, seeking contact, and getting fouled? Does he do that? Two, does Rudy Gobert get touches that lead to scores? Not just touches that lead, that he's, you know, part B of part, you know, E or F in the set. Not that he's, you know, but is he getting post touches meaning to score? And we got to watch for Boyan too. I didn't mention him in the podcast like at all because he wasn't doing anything really in the game yesterday. And his he's been up and down. Uh, more recently up off of last week. Um, but he was nearly a no-show last night. So he needs to score as well. So keep your eyes open for those three things against the Oklahoma City Thunder tomorrow night. We'll see how they do. Congrats to the Raptors for a good win. Utah still in great position to uh, to grab home court for the playoffs uh, this last stretch of the season. Um, thanks for tuning in. Again, my name is Tommy Johnson. This is the Purple Mountain Majesties podcast. And thanks for listening, and go Jazz.